live as always you heard me broadcasting live as always from the historic Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church the birthplace of gospel music and as always it's your boy your host I should have fixed that light your boy your host the one the only Dr. Dana L. King in the studio with you today I'm excited to be here I'm excited to be here with you on today we got a great show for you today Yep, thank you so much. I believe that might do it. Great show for you today. Man, great show. Mission on Monday. Y'all ready for this? Uh, title, uh, title, title conversation tonight. Of course we want our church to grow. We just don't want to change. That's going to help somebody today. Of course we want our church to grow, but we don't want our church to change. That's going to be our main topic tonight of conversation. So I am excited to see what thus says this year article, huh? So we're going to get into it and that and so much more. We're going to talk about uh, the historic announcement here in Chicago, in case you did not know, in case you've been under a rock. Uh, I heard about it this morning, uh, but it is the announcement uh, of Pastor Senior Pastor James T. Meeks is retiring uh, from the Salem Missionary Baptist Church, and he is turning over uh, the reins. Uh, he is turning over the reins uh, to Dr. Charlie Gates uh, over at the, the the current senior pastor of the uh, Progressive Baptist Church right over here in the Bronzeville area. That is the main. That's going to be something we're going to talk about. That man, I'm excited. Uh, it is going to be a good, good, good process. Uh, today to talk about that. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, it's a great thing. And I love the comments. Latanya and I talked about this on the way in. I love the comments of uh, Pastor James Meeks uh, because it definitely, he, he's, he, he's been saying, uh, he said today what I've been saying uh, for years, what I've been saying for years. Uh, and and I, I appreciated the fact uh, that he echoed some of uh, the thoughts that I've been having uh, for some time. Uh, so it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show as that and so much more. We're going to talk about Juneteenth. And of course, we're going to talk about Father's Day. Thank you so much. That's also a Father's Day uh, um, thing on here. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to talk about that and a few other things. But look, let me give you the quick rundown on how you can be a part of today's show. If you're already listening on the line, all you got to do is push one, 
That'll get you to my producer, the best producer in the land, the one, the only, Latanya Michelle King, taking all of your calls, chats, texts, emails, uh, anything you want to talk about. We got all of that here. Uh, if you're listening to your blog talk radio, simply dial area code 323-870-4375. That is the call-in number, 323-870-4375 is the call-in number. You push one, that'll get you over to her. She'll get you over to me, and you'll be live on the air uh, with your boy. If you're listening, uh, if you want to email the show, rather, if you want to email the show, you can email the show. It's the TTLO show at TTLOmedia.net. Again, it's the TTLO show at TTLOmedia.net if you want to uh, email the show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that as well. You can tweet the show. You can tweet the show at TTLO Radio. That's right. You can tweet the show at TTLO Radio. That's two T's, one L, one O. TTLO Radio is where you, you, and you can tweet the show. If you want to follow us, uh, on the gram, follow us on Instagram. You can do that as well. Follow us on the gram at TTLO Radio. That's right. Follow us on the gram at TTLO Radio. That's two T's, one L, one O. TTLO Radio is where you can follow us on the gram. If you want to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com uh, slash TTLO Radio. Facebook.com slash TTLO Radio is where you can find us there. <clears throat> amen, amen, and amen. Always, always excited uh, to be here and share with you all. The live streams are up and running right now. Uh, did she say, did, you, did y'all get Tanya's ensemble together? <laughs> the live stream. <laughs> say what? It's coming along. The live streams. <laughs> the live streams are up and running. The live streams are up and running. Uh, y'all are welcome. Thank you so much for those of you watching on Facebook right now. The live streams are up and running. You can feel free to chime in. Uh, the live streams are there. Always excited uh, for those of you who are already in. Some of y'all have already checked in. Felicia has checked in. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Saints. Shante has checked in. God bless you. Uh, uh, Brother R.A. Tory uh, has checked in as well. And I know there are some others on here. Y'all just ain't checked in yet, but y'all come on, say something to your boy. Uh, and let me know where you are watching from, uh, as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Uh, don't forget, too, we are an iHeartRadio partner, which means you can find us on your iHeartRadio app. Just do a simple search uh, for the TTLO Media Group. Once you find the TTLO Media Group, you also find all of the Taking the Limits Off radio shows. Every show, every show, you should be able to find it um, there. As always, you can find those there. But not only will you find the TTLO radio show, you'll also find Healthy Soul Talk uh, with Dr. Kimberly Thomas. That's why Healthy Soul Talk with Dr. Kimberly Thomas. Always great shows with Healthy Soul Talk. Real talk, real issues, uh, real solutions. Always uh, on the Healthy Soul Talk show with Dr. Kimberly Thomas. Don't forget as well, my good brother, the good pastor, Harold D. Washington. You can also catch him with the Kitchen Chronicles. That's right. You can always catch him with the Kitchen Chronicles anytime, anytime, anytime. When? On Tuesday, between seven, somewhere around 7 30. Uh, you can always catch my brother, uh, the good pastor, Harold D. Washington, and uh, from the Kitchen Chronicles. Don't forget as well, we start our week. How do we start our week? We start our week. Oh, yeah, we're going to do the church check-in, too. Felicia already checked in. We start our week 
uh, with worship. We start our week with worship. Come on now. We start our week with worship. How do we do that? We started right here at the birthplace of gospel music. That's right. Join Senior Pastor Daryl in person and the Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church family as we broadcast our services all around the world every Sunday. Always join us for a good time in word and worship right here at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. The kitchen, uh, the kitchen, Jesus. That's because it's up. I'm like, it's still up. Uh, for the live stream of Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church, you can always join us. Yeah, I'm like, okay, and it's on, okay. Uh, but you can always find it here uh, every Sunday at 11 o'clock. They go to Wakanda Forever Road. There it is. Uh, but you can always find us there. And then when we're done, when we're done, you don't have to stop because the word continues. The word continues because the faith works and vision church comes on right after us. That's right. We share that as well. Uh, the faith works and vision church with senior pastor Harold D. Washington and the faith works and vision join their virtual service every Sunday, somewhere around 12, 15, 12, 30. They get started. That's him right there, my brother, Senior Pastor Harold D. Washington and the Faith Works and Vision Church. Don't forget as well, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us anywhere. You can download a podcast. You can find us there. All right, y'all, let's jump into it. Don't forget to look here. I'm going to get it in. The church check-in. Come on, check-in real quick. What church? What church? What church? What church did you go to? Um, who preached, what was the scripture, and what was the sermon title? It's a full piece. Check in. What church did you go to? Who preached, what was the scripture, and what was the sermon title? The full piece. Check in. Come on, come on. What church, who preached, what scripture, what's the sermon title? That's what it is. Felicia has already checked in, or Lady Brown as her, uh, why my chat disappeared on this screen on this side? All right. She already checked in, so I'm going to have to read it from on this side over here because they don't want to cooperate. All right. She already checked in. She said she was at the All Nations, um, Church of All Nations, no, Church All Nations Aurora Series uh, in the flow message. You've been blocked, speaker. Oh, no, you've been blocked. I'm like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> ain't no bad, bad. Uh, The message is you've been blocked. You've been blocked. Uh, to Lot McNeely was the speaker, Proverbs 29 and 25 with the New Living, Te- New Living Testament and New Living Translation, rather, and the Message Bible. Proverbs 29 and 25. Can we get that? Let me, so, okay, so that didn't show up over here. I'm going to do this so that I can see this message again. I'm going to just do this like this right here because your entire message disappeared on the computer. I would like to use, and I'm not going to do it again. So we're going to do this. Like this. Work with me. Work with me. Work with me. Work with me. Don't want to work with me. All right. So anyway, uh, what we got? Proverbs. Proverbs twenty nine and twenty five. Proverbs twenty nine and twenty five. There we go. I just sent it to myself all over again. I did that. So if y'all see it up there, that's me. All right. Uh, here we go. Oh, she. T- <laughs> all right. Here we go. Proverbs twenty nine through 25. Let's get there. Let's get there quickly, church. Proverbs 29, 25. Boom. It says, it says, it says in the New Living Translation, the New Living Translation, it says, uh, fearing people is a dangerous trap. 
but trusting the Lord means safety. Ooh, okay, okay. Fearing the people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Let's get the Message Bible. Message Bible says, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Let's get the other scriptures. I'm, I'm, I, need, I'm, I need to flow, follow this here. Genesis 3, 8, and 10. Genesis 3. It's a lot of scriptures. Uh, uh, good Lord, here. Uh, <laughs> give me the scripture that they get the title from. Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord. Uh, let me keep going. What do we got? Shion, I'll come back to that one. Because I need to see which scripture applies to the title. Which scripture applies to the title? Let me get that. Let me get that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Genesis 3, 8 and 10. Let's look and see what that one says. Genesis 3, 8 and 10 says. Genesis 3, 8 and 10 says. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. New light, new living translation. Let's go. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking you in, walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord amongst the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 She said, sorry, we get lots of scriptures. <laughs> That's quite all right. That's quite all right. I'm just trying to, I, I, I just try to associate the scripture with the, with the sermon title. Ephesians 1, 4. Ephesians 1, 4, and 6. Let's see. Ephesians 1, 4, and 6. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what this one says. Ephesians 1, 4, and 6. Boom. Let's get it. It simply says, New Living Translation, uh, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and, he, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured onto us who belong to his dear son. And I think we had one last scripture, Luke 19, 37 and 40. Luke 19, 37 and 40. Let's get that real quick. Luke 19, 37 and 40. Like Holland Reed. Uh, and it says, uh, when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst and cheer. Oh, the rocks would cry out. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. All right. Let's keep it going. Uh, Shante says she was at World Impact Ministries. And the scripture, the script, thank you. The scripture says, uh, Shanti says, the man in the mirror, Malachi 3 and 6. Malachi 3 and 6. Oh, you preached yesterday? Man in the mirror, Malachi 3 and 6. Let's get there. Let's get there quickly. Malachi, Malachi. That's the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi. Three and six. Y'all already know this, though. Y'all know this one already. Malachi three and six. For I am the Lord. Huh? I changed not. I knew that one already. But I'm going to get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. King James. King James says Malachi three and six. Just three and six, right? Let me see. Make sure I got it right. Yeah, Malachi three and six. Uh, for I am the Lord. I changed not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Okay. Okay. 
And what, what, what was the title again? The Man in the Mirror. Hmm. I need to hear that. Did you record that somewhere? I need to hear that. I need to hear all of that. But y'all, come on. It's the church check-in. Y'all know what we do. If you went to whatever church you were at yesterday, I'm going to give y'all time to check in as we keep moving forward. But I'm going to give y'all time to check in because I want to talk about uh, Father's Day. It was Father's Day weekend. I had a good time yesterday. We had a good time in worship yesterday, uh, Father's Day weekend. Uh, it was good. It was good. It was good. We got to go to uh event, went to go see uh, one of the singers who came and helped us out, who's been helping us out at Ebenezer during the pandemic, and she's still here. She'll be here again on Sunday. Uh, but she came to help us out uh, during the pandemic. Uh, Peral Shante, or Harris, I think is a regular name. But Peral went to go see her uh, at a Juneteenth event out there in Egypt. Where's Egypt? In Park Forest. Good Jesus. Well, we went all the way to Park Forest. Burnt, four, burnt $700 worth of gas going to Park Forest yesterday to go see her. And uh, it was we had a good time. It was a good time. You know what's interesting? I'll say this. So it's a Juneteenth event. This is the first year. Talk about that, too. This is the first year that Juneteenth is actually a national or federal holiday. It's a state holiday, but it's also now a federal holiday. And for those who don't know, just a quick refresher, Juneteenth celebrates the last slaves in Texas finding out that uh, slavery had been abolished. Uh, the slave masters knew, but they didn't let them know. But the word got out. The, uh, the army had retaken Texas. Uh, the, 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 uh, the northern army had retaken Texas, and they went down there, and, or the Union Army, rather, went down there and retook Texas and uh, let the slaves know that slavery was abolished. The, the law, the law, anything dealing with slavery, had been, the law had been abolished. Whether or not people were actually free or not, that's a different conversation. But it had been abolished. Uh, so it's a celebration of that. So we know it was, a, it was events all over the city yesterday and quite a few today. Quite a few today. Because uh, it is a national holiday. How the ever, comma, where was they at? It was a national holiday today. Ask me where I was. Somebody ask me where I was. I was at school. Because my school, my school, my school, y'all know what school, my school, my school was still open. My school (laughs) was still open. I shouldn't say was, is. (laughs) My school is still open. I had five students. Five. That's it right there. One, two, three, four, five. five. I I had five students today. One of my uh, peer, peer uh, 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 classroom partners, not classroom partner, one of my peers, sixth grade across the hall from me, they had nine. The other class down the hall from me had seven. The other class across from them had six. Third grade class down the hall, four. There you go. Um, so it is a, it is a, uh, I am I am not going to talk about that the fact that we are 98.99% black African American school with African American students and teachers but we were there in the building today yeah <laughs> why y'all think I'm finish singing the song in the chat <laughs> 
Lord, the little saint, no, no, it's time for the saints to be on vacation. And the little demons. All, it's time for everybody to be on vacation. It's time. It's time. Brother Tory did the church check-in. He said the sign of the times. Woo! And the parable of the ten virgins. Sign of the times. Mess with your mouth. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> That's the phone. Oh, okay. Sign of the times. Hurricane Annie went to ceiling off the church and killed everyone inside. Ooh, I felt it. <laughs> I felt it. Okay. <laughs> Sign of times of the ten virgins. Uh, he was at the Church of Israel. God teacher was Brother Stephen. He said he went through thir- Woo. We went through 31 scriptures. That The last passage was Ephesians 5, 1 through 5, 8, and then 10 through 14. Okay, all right. Let me let me let me let that let me delve, shall we? <laughs> Ephesians five, one through five. Let's get there. Let's get there. Sign of the times and the parable of the ten versions. Sign of the times. Come in, King James says, "Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet smelling savor." But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Then you jump to verse, where did that, where did it go on my screen? Verse 8, verse 8. Then you jump down to verse 8. Verse 8 says, uh, For ye were sometimes darkness, <laughs> but now ye are light in the world. Walk as children of the light. Then you jump to 10 through 14, and it says, Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Yeah, yeah. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Sign of the time. I like that. That'll work. That'll work. That's all right with me. I like that. I like that. I like that. All right, y'all. So, yeah, Juneteenth celebration. Uh, We were out there in the heat. I did. I felt like I got a little darker. uh, uh, I just keep keep, keep getting darker and darker. Blacker and blacker. I'm sorry. Only my, only my, um, I was going to say South Park, but only my um, boondocks people will understand that that comment. Anyway, it was a good time. Good morning. Good good morning. Good evening, uh, Sister Debbie. How are you? I was going to say good morning. I was going to have my Mary J. Blige. Good morning, gorgeous. <laughs> I was trying it. <laughs> What's going on, uh, 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 Sister Debbie? What's going on? Uh, but yeah. <clears throat> So we were out there. Let me tell y'all something real quick. There's sound matters. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say sound matters. Sound matters. Do not throw an outdoor event. Do not. If you go, trust me, it costs money. If you go cheap, you're going to regret it. Do not throw an outdoor event with bad sound. Don't do it. Let me tell you, there are some people out there that could actually sing yesterday, some great singers. And the problem is the microphones 
the speakers, the entire setup. Literally, no, no, because I've heard karaoke sounds. People spend money on karaoke machines. He would have did better with a karaoke machine, actually, because at least they already tuned. The, the sound was horrible. The sound was horrible. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was just not great. You got, you got these little bitty speakers that look like, you know, your speakers for your backyard. They're not for outdoors. They're for your backyard, and they're and they for a small backyard at that. They're for your house backyard, not for your, your outdoor uh, spot. Uh, so it was, so every time a person would raise their voice, it would be really bad. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, it, it, it was a little rough. Um, yeah. So be, your, your sound matters because you're, you're screwing around with what people sound like and you can have people thinking that, Ooh, they can't sing or why are they screaming and hollering because they're trying to be heard. So, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know who the sound, the sound guy was. It probably was somebody that they knew. Uh, the band, the band was decent though. The band was decent. They was playing. They they could play pretty much everything, and they played like all of those songs. The band was decent. <clears throat> how the ever comma? I don't care how good of a band you are. <clears throat> if your sound is trash, I don't get no help. If your sound is trash, you're gonna sound trash. So, uh, but it was. But we 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 still had a good time. Uh, we 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 tried to eat. It took three hours to get barbecue. Uh, it took. Uh, we got a turkey leg that ended up in the garbage. Uh, cause it was not, it wasn't not, it was not in the edible, it wasn't served in a way that was edible and put it that way. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got about that. But we had some good old, um, Portillo's at the end of the day. <laughs> we had Portillo's at the end of the day. That was how, you know, but it was good. I spent, I spent Father's Day with my favorite person. So I was good. So we are good. <laughs> really <laughs> anyway 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 so let's talk about it y'all let's go ahead and jump into it let's jump into it in case you did not hear in case you did not hear uh hear the news uh it was on you didn't have no hood time <laughs> no hood time <laughs> uh in case y'all did not hear in case you did not hear uh senior pastor james t meeks i said spoke about it at the very beginning of the show Senior Pastor James T. Meeks is retiring. He is retiring from Salem Baptist Church. He's retired from Salem Baptist Church. He started Salem Baptist Church. I'm going to give you all a little bit of some of the, the announcement, and I'll let you all go from there. I'm not going to play the video, uh, but I'll let you hear the audio uh, from uh, the video. It better not block me. By Planet Salem Baptist Church with 100 and 93 people in 1985. What drew me to the Roseland community was that the Roseland community was an impoverished community. I wanted to go and take ministry to an area where people really needed our help. We wanted to be an outreach so that people could know if you're hurting and you need Christ, this is a place where you could come. So this is the first regular Sunday morning home of Salem. How did you find this place? 1985, young uh, girl named Kathy uh-huh. came to me and said, Pastor, I know we're starting a church. I catch the bus every day at 82nd and Jeffrey. It's a building that's not a, it's a blank, blank church building. Yeah. And it, you should ask the pastor, can we use that building? Every Sunday, the men in our church would stand outside. Yeah. We would make sure the women were okay. They could get in church, found a parking place. 
but it was about 40, 50 men. Yeah. But it looked like the church was filled with men. Yeah. As people drove down this street, and this is a busy corridor. Oh, yeah. As people drove down this street, they say, y'all got to check that church out. That church has nothing but men. This block was jammed back with people. People were standing outside waiting until the next service, and the building would be filled. Charlie, I cannot believe that it has been 31 years. It was 1990 when I met you in the halls of this particular building. You were in fifth grade. And our room was right down the way wow. uh, over here. Why did y'all start the school? Well, we started the school because we wanted Christian young people to have an environment in which they could go to school and learn about Christ at the same time. We didn't want anybody to tell us that you couldn't teach kids how to pray and uh, how to read scripture. And we wanted you guys trained in both of those disciplines. We came to this building in 1990. Mm-hmm. My eighth grade graduation was in this yeah, sanctuary. And uh, you stood at, this, at the podium and you told a story about these mice that were eating the cables in the airplane. Oh, yeah. And so the people on the plane started to panic and they got to the pilot and said, we got to do something. They're mice chewing away the cables. And the pilot said, no, 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 I, I know what I'm going to do. And so he started to fly the plane higher. And the higher the altitude got, the mice couldn't survive in that altitude. So they died off. And the pilot saved the passengers and the flight by flying high enough so that the rodents couldn't go. And you said, and what y'all got to do is, is when you get around people who chew away at you, you got to raise the plane a little higher, fly, fly higher. I never forgot that. Now, see, what's amazing about the fact that you remember the story and you were able to tell the story verbatim, it says to me that God had a call on your life even then. Mm-hmm. For you to be a young man and for you to remember a preacher's story, but then for you to imitate it. And you have flown higher. Oh, and you have flown higher than I have. <laughs> no, 1994. There's a lot of flying, Reverend. The, the other thing is, do you remember, if it's, if it's to be, it's up to me, said W.E.B. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah book, you, Booker T. and W.E.B. Now, I was sitting back here, uh-huh. and I was uh, the principal of the school, and you were a, uh, an eighth-grade student or a seventh-grade student, yeah. and you were uh, reciting that with another. As a matter of fact, when I was asked a question about you, I said the first time I knew that you were a special individual and that you were going to be called to preach is when I heard you reciting, mm-hmm. I don't agree, said W.E.B. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I heard you recite it and I said, it's something special about this young Well, kid. man, that's, that's an incredible grace. Well, you know, this uh, the role of a pastor has been the greatest uh, role that I've ever had in my life. And I am uh, amazed at what people can do when they have a mind to work. So that is just a little bit of the announce uh, what's going on at Salem. I want to just go a little bit further with this. Pastor Meek is retiring, and in his part of his retirement is the gentleman that you all saw uh, is Charlie Dates, Dr. Charlie Dates. He's the senior pastor of uh, Progressive Baptist Church. Let me give you a little bit more of this. Years ago, God used Jamel and I to plant the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago, and it has been our great joy to serve as senior pastor 
of the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago. As a matter of fact, there are some of you, I've been your pastor for 42 years, and the greatest words that I ever hear is when you call me pastor. But I believe now that the time has come for me to yield to a younger person. The young man that I'm getting ready to introduce to you today, I believe, is the greatest preacher in our nation. That's why I feel so good, because not only has God uh, given you the greatest preacher in the nation, now he's giving you the greatest preacher today in our nation. He's bone of our bone. He's flesh of our flesh. He's our own son in the faith. He's our own son in our church. And I have gone to his wife and uh, gone to him, Jamel and I. We've been praying over this. We fasted over this idea. And we believe now that the time has come for us to step aside, for us to yield to new, younger leadership. We want to see our church be vibrant. We want to see our church grow. We want to see younger families come to our church. And the last thing that we want is to stand in the way of that. So Salem, I'm asking that you would receive at this time and that you would accept the new pastor and first lady of the Salem Baptist Church starting on the third Sunday in January, the Reverend Charlie Edward Dates. Uh, who can live up to that? Let me say, Pastor and Mrs. Meeks, that it is on behalf of my family, Kirstie, Charlie, and Claire, it is our honor, Salem, to accept the call to serve as your next senior pastor and to continue the legacy of this epic, amazing work in our city and around the world. Bless the Lord. You know, some churches are neighborhood, local churches. Others are regional. Some, the nation looks to, and others still, God gives to the world for the world to see his wonderful work. Salem is a global church. Her influence has been felt across the seas in crusades and in evangelism and justice ministries and even in other regional churches. Her sons and daughters are all over the nation. If you sense what I sense, now is the time for our churches to get stronger, not weaker, wider, not narrower. Now is the time to develop a leadership pipeline, one that makes our churches worth joining. I sense God, Pastor and Mrs. Mills, yeah. performing a work of his spirit that connects Salem to churches that need revitalization. Our city and our nation needs the black church to be her best and brightest self. Now is the time for churches to be strong. And if you will receive me and my family saying, I'm asking that you let me continue till I finish my assignment at Progressive at the same time that I start my assignment at Salem. And I promise to give you all of me, my heart, my affection, and my devotion, and to do as Jesus asked Peter. If you love me, man, feed my sheep. May God be with us. Thank you, Pastor. That's incredible. That's incredible. I love. Let me. So let me. Let me. Let me say. Let me stop the video because I'm going to give you something else uh, in a minute. Uh, I. I. I appreciate this. All of this. I am appreciative of all of this. Uh, for one, the professionalism. Again, the professionalism in which it was handled. Um, the humbleness of Pastor Meeks uh, in this moment to to take a step back to say, you know what, for this next generation, uh, for this next season, 
uh, it's not it's not me. It's not about me. And and it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Uh, uh, it takes a lot to do that. And I know and I, I now what I did not know. And I learned this today. I was today years old. I didn't know Charlie Dates came out of Salem Baptist Church. I had no idea. I was not aware of that. I, I, only, I only knew him because I went to a couple of his services uh, over at Progressive. Let me tell you all this. I don't know him as a pastor. Don't know him as a pastor, but I know him as a preacher and a teacher. And the boy is bad. Forgive me for saying boy, but the boy is bad. That's a bad man. Uh, he can preach the gospel. He knows the Bible. He preaches Jesus. He preaches the Christ. He pre- he, this man preaches and he does it in a way that he does not he, he does not dumb it down, nor does he try to talk over your head, but he makes it just as plain. And now I get it. Now I get it. I, I get it now because this is where this is where he was reared at. He went to school there. He, he was everything happened for him at Salem. So I, I am I am appreciative of the way they handled this. Um, it is 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 good. And let me say this. People will say, well, man, I wish, because first thing I want to say, I said was, I wish more churches had done this. This can't happen at a lot of churches. You know why? Because you have, <laughs> lack of better words, it's um, the word I want to use. <laughs> what is it? What's the word? Because you, you got a mic over there. What's the word? <laughs> I don't know. What, what word I want to use? So y'all won't be mad at the Red tape. That's what I'm going to use. Oh, that's what you're going to use? That's what I'm going to use. What word was you going to use? Cold dead. Uh-huh. Oh, cold, cold dead hands. Cold dead hands. That's true. Or the velvet rope. That too. Uh, I appreciate this because when you are the, the organizer of a church, see, when you're the organizer of a church, you have the, the, you have the, the authority to do what Elijah for Elisha. I don't get no help right there. Y'all just missed it. When you have a church that's set that way, you have the authority to do what Elijah did for Elisha. You have the authority to do what Moses did for Moses did to Joshua. You have the authority. And 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 I and it instantly took me back to uh um uh what's the pastor? Uh, from the Bahamas, uh, I quote him all the time. Uh, the older guy that died in the uh, in the plane crash. Um, oh God, what is his name? Somebody help me out. Uh, about because he talked about passing the baton. I talk about it all the time. Uh, but he said, it's so many of our people and our young folk will fail because the leaders die with the baton in their hands, and you have to wait until you get to the funeral. The young folk cannot push forward. They cannot go. Miles Monroe, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Felicia. Miles Monroe, he said this. He said, too many of our young folk are not given the authority or the equipment to continue because the leader dies with the baton in his hand. And he says, so the, 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 the young person has to go to the funeral and pull the baton out the casket. In order to take charge, in order to take charge, you cannot, you cannot allow that to happen. So I appreciate that. So many of our churches are are are, are pushed in a way 
you know, we got to have, I know we got our committees and, and all of that foolishness. I get it. I understand the business side of it. I understand the business side of it. And when you don't have, and when you have a pastor who has the cachet, this is why, this is why, uh, uh, this is why Clay Evans did it for Charles Jenkins. And this is why Charles Jenkins was able to do it with passing the Reginald Sharp because you had people in place who had, who, who had built the trust of their congregation. First of all, they follow God. They built the trust of their congregation. And the, even though, now I guarantee you there's some folk in, in these churches who weren't quote unquote excited about their new preacher. And they were, they were probably mad that they didn't get to quote unquote raise their hand and vote. But this is something I loved about Reverend Meeks. He said this years ago. I remember watching him on Wednesday nights. I remember watching this on, on Wednesday nights when, uh, 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 when Pastor Meeks used to come on on Wednesday nights. He said this in the pulpit. He said, if I die while I'm y'all's pastor, and he pointed at his wife, I forget his wife's name, but he said, if Lady Meeks get up in here and start acting the fool while I'm dead, he said, y'all put her out. He said, she ain't got, she, he said, when I'm gone, she, she, ain't no, ain't you gonna be raising no hell around here? Because we, we have this thing, we want to hold on to what daddy did and uncle did and granddaddy and all that kind of stuff. And we don't realize that a lot of times we're causing the church harm. Now, in this case, Reginald, Jamil, thank you. Reginald, uh, not Reginald, uh, 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 what's the man's name? I've got the guy's name already. Thank you. Uh, Brother Dates, Charlie, uh, Pastor Dates is a son of Salem. He's a son of Salem, but he's he's an equipped son, right? He he he's been through he's been through the grief. He he's done the work. He's done the work in the community. He's done the work. He's just not some fly by night. Okay, he was a member. Let's do this and do that. He he he's done the work in the community. He's done the work. It's not just by a resume. It's by the work because resumes can say a lot, right? So you you got it you got yeah yeah dying fool that's a good title right there answer dying fool because we do and 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 truth be told you ought to be empty you ought to empty out everything you should be pouring everything into the next that's why so many of our quote unquote historic churches the big ones the the the, the hundred and the, the the eighty year fifty year. 80 year, 90 year, 100 year, 120, 125, 127. Look at their congregations and you tell me. And look at their congregations. And then I guarantee you, if you look at the history of who they put in place, you'll, 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 you'll figure out why they are where they are. Because they only want to do a certain thing. Anything that does not look like it's going to fit their paradigm, they run from. They run from. And so you have to be careful. It is, it is a delicate balance. Now, a lot of churches, you have pastors who don't have that cachet, right? Especially in the Baptist church. It's difficult. And Salem is a Baptist church. Don't get me wrong. House of Hope is a Baptist church. Huh? House of Hope is, 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 is a Baptist church. However, Pastor James Meeks organized this place. He organized that place. So he, he, he kept that. He kept that cachet. I'm sure he got a, 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 what is it, a trustee board, a stewardship committee, whatever you want to call them, an executive board. He, he probably got all of that. 
and 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 maybe he ran it by them. I'm sure maybe he did or not. But this is a great this is a great move. This guy, I've been to Progressive. There are older generations of folk at Progressive, and I'm talking when I say older, 80, 90, 100 years old, just like over here. But there is an influx, an influx of young folks at Progressive. Salem is the same way. Salem got a bunch of people who've been there from the beginning. But there is an influx of younger people. And I'm sure they had people that have been leaving, flocking over to uh, a New Life Covenant. Pastor John Hanna flocking over to some of these churches, or what is it, All Nations Church with uh, Matthew Stevenson and all that kind of stuff. You know, people like the glitz and the glamour. Charlie Dates ain't a glitz and a glamour preacher. Charlie Dates preaches word, gospel, real talk. That's it. That's it. His music ministry is off the chain. The, 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 um, the hospitality ministry at his church is off the chain. It is, it is top flight from the moment you pull up in the parking lot until you get into the church all the way throughout when you're walking back to your car. All the way in and out, you felt like you matter. So I love it, man. I love it. I just want to share that with you all uh, from the Salem perspective. Uh, I do want to give you this part real quick. This is Charlie Dates uh, and the announcement that he made for um, uh, uh, Progressive Baptist Church. You ready? All right. So, dear Steve, do you remember when we first came to Progressive? Where were we? And, and, and what did that feel like? Do you remember what that felt like? Well, we were with child. <laughs> so yeah. That was um, a very exciting time. And then being called to Progressive, obviously, was another layer of excitement. Um, and so we were trying to figure out how we were going to be new parents, how we were going to follow the call of God on your life, um, how we're going to serve this new congregation. It was new to us, new yes. congregation, but it wasn't a new congregation by any stretch of the imagination. Very historic church. Yes, yes. Very exciting to be part of the legacy of this historic church. What, what did you sense with, with me during some of the earlier transition years? In my prayer time and what the Lord revealed to me was that you were struggling with how to move the church forward, embrace its history, get the right people in the right place um, in leadership um, and respect those who've been here. God, the Bible says, gives pastors according to his heart. And the heart of a pastor can connect with of people, and I feel like that's what's happened here. We we have been given some major opportunities right. over the last four years or so, but but we've been wrestling with, I've been wrestling with my sense of call, and so now uh, Pastor Meeks and the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago have asked us to come back home to lead that great church. What is God's intention as I look at the trajectory of my life? And that's the question I've been asking in prayer. And it cl it's clear to me that of all of the people in the world, the Lord planted me at Salem as a kid. And I kind of grew up under the wings, as it were, of Reverend Meeks. And yet at the same time in prayer, Kirstie, I hadn't felt like the Lord was saying our work is done here just yet. Right. That there are some things, and I don't know what those things are in mm -hmm. totality, mm -hmm. that still need to be done. So what's about to happen, Reverend? Well... Here's what's about to happen. First of all, we're not going anywhere. Right. I think that's clear. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to know I am still 
the pastor of the Progressive Baptist Church yeah. by the grace of God. I'll be here every Sunday and through the week as I normally am. However, we are extending, God is extending really our platform and our reach to the point where I'll be able to provide pastoral leadership for both churches. I'll become senior pastor of both the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago and remain that and progressive. And so it's going to mean a lot more work for a lot more people, not just me. And really, it's time, whether this had come up or not, it's time for more people to do more work at Progressive to carry the vision of the ministry forward and to release me to do what God has called me to do as the senior leader. So when is all this going to happen? God have mercy. (laughs) Well, you know, when is a great question in the scriptures. Here's my answer in time. January of 2023, uh, we will officially begin this journey. And so some people will say, well, does this mean that the two churches are becoming one? No, that's not what this means. Uh, We are not merging the two churches and Salem is not absorbing progressive. Salem has its own kind of DNA, progressive, her own. And so some people say, well, why why you? I, I have, by the grace of God, the DNA of both churches now. I see us raising up more leaders, Mm -hmm. pastors. Let me say that specifically. I see us raising up more pastors so that more churches can uh, receive and experience revitalization. So hopefully it won't just be Salem and Progressive. Hopefully other churches will be able to pick up from what we're doing and and we'll be able to give it and their churches will experience Mm -hmm. revitalization. And and I don't know the full timeline. I'll say that I'm walking by faith Mm -hmm. in this. I'm going as far as I can see, doing what the elders used to say, trusting in his holy word, um, leaning not on my own understanding, but acknowledging him in in all of our ways. Charlie is called, and I believe that all ministry starts with a calling. I believe that it, it has to be what God sends you into this world to do. Not only is he called, but he is qualified or educated. He's trained. And uh, to fight the giants that we're dealing with today, it is going to take an academic mind and a saved heart. That's good. We certainly see um, a lot in Charlie and Kirstie that we had, having a young family, having a love for the community having a love for church and having a love for So that family. is the announcement. That was the announcement. I know y'all are like, why are you talking about all this? Y'all will be all right. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to share that because it is it is it is it is big news. It is it is major news uh when something like this happens. I appreciate now I did not know again. I just I'm, i because I didn't go into the, all the stuff. I'm fine out just like y'all have y'all didn't know. I didn't know he was gonna still be pastor in both churches. Ah, you didn't know that either <laughs> I didn't know that either. He's going to be pastoring both churches. I'm assuming for some time until I'm assuming until he probably feels like and, 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 um, and progressive, depending on how progressive does things, how progressive says they want to go forward with, with, with looking for a pastor. I'm assuming that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, again, I could be completely wrong. He could do this for the next 10 years for all I know, but I would assume because he progressive, um, had a search for him that they might do something else down the line, or they may allow him to pick a successor, a senior pastor to run uh progressive mission to, to lead, uh, to shepherd 
uh, Progressive Baptist Church. So that's that's awesome, man. I'm excited. Uh, this, this is great news for the kingdom. That's all I got for y'all. This is great news for the kingdom of God. It is exciting. Uh, I want to know what their plans are uh, going forward because they said they're looking for, for other. You, you Look, it is, it is I, I, you know, I, I am, it's interesting about timing. God's timing is always interesting. Uh, God's timing. Uh, is that the church in Hillside? No, Progressive is right here on, 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 30, on 39th. Let me, let me give you a little history about Progressive. Progressive is over, it's 100 years old. Progressive was, um, was where it, you know, where it is. Do you remember where the old, um, where the old Progressive was? I'm, I'm trying to remember the story, but Progressive was, uh, there was a huge fight about Progressive Baptist Church uh, because of their location, because of their location. They were asked to, when the White Sox got ready to do something over there, they were asked to, um, to move the church or they were going to do something because they wanted the land. And they were like, no, we're not, we not, we not doing nothing. And I, I sat in the church when I heard this story. And so they had this huge uh, fight with the city, and they won the fight. Uh, where it ended up coming to the fact where they literally had to, when they were getting, it was something to do with the Dan Ryan Expressway. About when they were getting ready to run, do the Dan, they were ready to, 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 to build uh, the Dan Ryan Expressway. Here's, here's the story right here. You can see it on their website. It says, uh, uh, the late Reverend T.E. Brown met with Richard J. Daly to have the church moved to its current location. So the church was on the other side of the Dan Ryan. Think about this. Check this out. Uh, the logic it says to have the church moved to its current location, the largest construction move ever undertaken in the history of Chicago. The city assumed all of the charges in having the 1,500-ton building moved one block. <laughs> so they had to move one block over. They had to move one block over, and uh, that's how they got to where they are right now. Because uh, the church was on the other side, it was on the other side, and they had to have the church moved. Uh, during the construction of the Dan Ryan Expressway. And the city ate all the charges. How about that? Because the church's historical significance was that where they could not do anything but allow them to move so, uh, but, and, and, and eat the cost. So, uh, again, historic church, historic black church uh, in the community of, in the, in the, I guess that's considered, I don't know if that's considered Bronzeville or not. That's actually probably still, that's still Bridgeport. That is still Bridgeport. Um, that, that is still Bridgeport. Oh, then what about Wilson and Beatty? Yeah, I forgot about Percy Beatty. It's taking over uh, Valley Kingdom Ministries. I forgot about that, right, because uh, H, H. Daniel Wilson stepped down as well. He's turning the reins over. Uh, of, uh, Valley Kingdom is Shekinah Glory Church, for those of you who don't know. Uh, he's taking over that church. And so it is, you know, you got people in place. I don't know much about Percy Beatty. I've never heard him preach. I know he, I just know him from the, um, the, the choirs that he's had. I think it's New Direction. Is that the choir he had? I'm not sure. But I am, I'm excited about this. But I was talking about God's timing. That's what I was trying to mention. It's amazing how God's timing is. I have only been preaching now for, for is it 10? 10 years. Yeah, 22 made 10 years. So 22 made 10 years. Literally, I've only been preaching for 10 years. 
And and so uh, you know, at at fifty two, I've been preaching technically since forty two, right? So that that's late start for a preacher. Like real talk. So y'all 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 might you know say what you're gonna say. That's why I tell people all the time. I'm yeah, I'm fifty two, but I'm a young preacher. I've only been preaching for twelve years, ten years. Sorry, for ten years. Only been preaching for ten years. Most of the preachers that I know, they've been doing it since 20, 21, whether you, or you're Michael Henderson, you've been doing this your whole life. Uh, like my brother Cornelius Parks, I think he's been preaching since he was in his early 20s. Uh, all these guys have been preaching. Uh, uh, Harold, I don't know how long Harold been preaching, though. I know he's only been pastor for a little while. So, but I am, so, but again, so as a young, as a young preacher, not young man, <laughs> As a young preacher, I appreciate what I see from the young men who have uh, um, uh, a long, a, a lengthier resume because they have been doing it for so long. So they've been through the progression. They've seen the progression uh, of, of what's been going on with our churches. Uh, Latai and I were looking through this book the other day. And, and it was one of our history, one of the Ebenezer, somebody sent us uh, a, 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 a book from our 75th year anniversary of Ebenezer. And it's got all these amazing, amazing pictures in it. And um, that's what we got to do. We got to get some, like, somebody from Ebenezer to come on. And we probably should have did that before the anniversary. We'll plan it out for next year uh, to come on for the anniversary to talk about the history, the history. You know what I mean? Uh, but to see the history of the, 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 the church. And so we're talking, I'm looking at these pictures where every seat in this building was full. For those of you all that's been in this building, y'all know how big it is. Every seat was full, balcony down. And then, I mean, and then, and so that was full. So then they had people in what they, what they called the overflow. And then they had people in the other building. Every seat. But Latanya asked this interesting question, and it's been bugging me ever since. She said, did anybody say anything? And I want this is for all churches. Did anybody say anything when the balcony was no longer full? When the balcony went from full to half, did anybody raise their hand and ask any questions? <laughs> like, hey, you know, uh, uh, when, when, when the balcony went from half full to empty, did anybody raise their hand and say, hey, what's going on? When, when we went from uh, all the rows filled to just the center aisles filled, then anybody, you know, because we, 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 we can get so caught up in, well, this is who we are, and this is what we do, that we forget that this is who we are, and this is what we do ain't working. You can be who you are and still evolve. Come on now. You can be who you are and still evolve. Ford is still Ford. They just make different cars now. Huh? Come on now. Ford is still Ford. They just make different cars now. Cars now have fuel injection. Didn't have that before. It's still a Ford. It's still a Chevy. It's still a Dodge. It's still a Mercedes. It's still whatever it is. They still they didn't have fuel injection when they started, but they got it now. They didn't have anti-lock brakes when they started, but they got it now. Why? Because they had to evolve to be able to, to adjust to the time. I could preach right there. They had to evolve to adjust. They're still a car. They still have their main function. They still get you from here 
to there, but you had to change the vehicle. Come on now. You had to change the vehicle. It's still a vehicle. It still drives you where you need to get to. It's safer now than it was then. Remember the original cars? They didn't have um, um, roofs. There was, no, there, was no, there was no tops on the car. Everything was open. Everything was open. Everything was, they weren't, they were, they were, and then they made a convertible. Because they said, wait a minute, what happens when it rains? Then they put a top on it, right? Then you had a, a, a four-cylinder engine. Four-cylinder turned to six. Six turned to eight. You know, uh, 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 rear-wheel drive became front-wheel drive. They found out that front-wheel drive works better in the winter. Front-wheel drive turned all to, to four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive became all-wheel drive. Come on now. You got, now, you got, now you got help with parking. Now you got GPS in every car. Now you got Bluetooth in every car. It's still a car. It's still a car. And what I need some of my senior saints and folk that still claiming to be in charge and all that kind of stuff is to recognize as long as you keep thinking we got to be this way to function, you're going to be looking around and everybody that you know, you're going to either be at their funeral or they're going to be at yours. And that church will still be there, fledgling along, surviving, or thriving. Why not put yourself in the position to be a part of a thriving church? This takes us right to our article. This takes us right to our article. I was going to take a break, but I'm good. This takes us right to our article for tonight. The, and, and the title is real simple and plain. Of course, we want our church to grow. We just don't want to change. Of course, we want our church to grow, but we just don't want to change. That's, that's, our, that's our title for tonight. And I want y'all to get this, man, because I, 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 I love this, this, this fits because of what Pastor Meeks just did. It fits because of what Charlie Dates is attempting to do. And, and I heard the conversation time he had with his wife. She said the struggle of trying to figure out how to embrace what they had already done, but still bring it forward. How to embrace what they already did, but then still bring that forward. You about to say something? Yeah. Okay, yeah. what you got? <laughs> I'm like, what you? you no, no, no. You look no. like you was in deep thought. <laughs> no, because I got, I got, I got, you know, I, you know, I got. Um, I kind of felt what she said because, you know, when I was talking to WC, mm-hmm. it was like he was up there like, you know, you know, you know, you're you're here at this church and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like we brought some of our things. And it's like, you know, you know, some people, some people are like, oh, they trying to act, you know, trying to, you know, trying to mimic or like, you know, recreate. Like, you know, some, you know, like, you know. Like they say, if the you know we're not trying to recreate the wheel, but if it like you know we're just you know giving you some of some of our herbs and spices and everything, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know you know to you know to help and everything, because some people are um, you know some people are resistant to change. Absolutely. Like, like you know, like that's why like you know like you know like like you know as I was looking at this off bottle and everything <laughs> else like that, that's why you know you know it got to have deep. Yeah. For the for the deep woods, and then yeah. you know you have to have a plant base for this because mm-hmm. you know because these you know insects change and people become resistant to 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 change. Yeah. 
So I kind of I, I got what she I got what she's saying and everything else like that because somebody's gonna follow them along. They're gonna follow them to progressive yep. and to Salem and be up there like, oh, I know what they're doing and mm-hmm. everything. Because somebody because everybody has to be there has to be a, a negative Nancy, a negative you know like nan nan. They 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 because sometimes some people don't want to see you thrive or change and they and they and and everyone thinks they're supposed to have the patent to what you've done and everything else like that. If it worked, if, if the five-star treatment worked over here, I'm going to take the five-star treatment over there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but Tori said, make it plain. <laughs> Say it with your uh, Celestine Boyd says, yes, some people are stuck in the rut of tradition. So here, here, here is the situation that, that and I, and I, I'm, I'm, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know you was going to bring up kingdom, but one of the things that, that I, I appreciate about what they're doing and making the attempt to do, and, and I'll be honest with you, and, and it's not about anybody mimicking anything, because, you know, the, the, we, you know our, our, our son, watch this, our son is a king. And, and I'm going to just be real, real talk with you. If our son, Jalen, was not at Kingdom, they would not be anywhere on anything broadcasting anywhere. That's real talk. And he's doing that because we started that. That's what we did. That's what we, that's what we brought to the table. Everything that they're doing now is what we would have wanted to do if we were still there, right? So you got to have people in place who are not afraid of change or they're not afraid that, oh, you're just trying to take over. It's not about taking over. We're trying to help you put yourself in a position to be to, for more exposure, to be more seen. The word of God is not just for the people who show up on Sunday. It ain't for them handful of people. It ain't just for your cousin, your mama, your grandmama, your auntie. It's for everybody. Y'all already say we're trying to get the folks that ain't. We're trying to attract the people that are not. We're trying to attract more people. We're trying to attract uh, uh, other people that we can network with who can expand our reach. And if you and if you can't get on that train or if you can't ride with us, then you know what? It's a, it's a million other churches you can go to. That's right. Some people scared of change. Regina says, why not invite the neighborhood into the church and hear their voices of why they don't come in on Sundays? That, you know what? <laughs> Regina, first of all, <laughs> we going we gonna to get Iyanla Van Zandt to come in. <laughs> because here's the thing. A lot of people aren't ready to have that conversation. Real talk. What's up, Sister Pitts? A lot of people are not ready to have that conversation because it's difficult. It's a difficult conversation to have. I would love, I saw on one of those pictures in the Ebenezer book, there was a picture where one half of the church was filled with children. Half of the church, literally the the church was completely empty and it was a picture that they set up and half of the church, it said youth ministry, I believe, or whatever. It said half of, the, half of the church was full of children. All of those people in that picture are at least, they, they older than me. Which me and, and so my question would be, where are they and where are their children? Because generationally, if you're preparing, you should constantly be preparing. You should constantly be preparing. You, it, it can't be about, here, here's the deal. I would, I would look at, a, if, if a preacher tells me, a pastor or anybody tells me about their 10-year plan, and I don't know your five-year plan, I got a problem. 
Because if you're trying to tell me about your 10-year plan and you don't have a two-year plan, but you want to tell me about 10 years from now, I want to be doing this. Okay, but okay, what about two years from now? What about next month? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You, there has to be constant strategy, constant planning, because ministry is, there, there, there is, there is, there is a, a, a strategic uh, a bond that happens between us and God when it comes to ministry. I'll say that again. There's a strategic bond. Yes, it's spiritual, but it's also strategic. God will send you to the place and the space where you can be used. Jaconda says, but part of the reason the church does not grow is because you have people that fight the changes that will come. Yes. And, it, you know, and the, on the other side, too, is, let, let, let's be real, Pastor Meeks, I believe, and I'm sure others believe, is making a good choice for leadership. We don't always make good choices. What do I mean? We don't always put good people in place. I'm not talking about pastors. I'm talking about people, period. A lot of times we put, we put friendship over, over partnership. We put friendship over partnership. What are you saying? I'm saying, oh, I'm going to get my boy to come do this because my boy is good here. And I trust my boy. You, you, you know your boy is good here from, because you, but you, don't have to, you, 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 you have not physically worked with. You have not seen the – you don't know how they work. You just know that they, from your eyesight, from outside looking in, they appear successful. But you have not had to work with them, where you were their supervisor, where you were their manager. Everybody that, let me say it like this, everybody that can do a thing, oh God, let me help you. Everybody that can do a thing cannot lead a thing. My God, I just said something. Everybody that can do a thing doesn't mean you can actually lead a thing. There's a difference between preaching and pastoring. There is a difference. Everybody that preaches is not, everybody that God calls to preach, he does not call to pastor. These are facts. These are facts undisputed. I don't care what anybody said to you. Everybody that God God calls to preach, he did not call to pastor. I know some people who are great preachers. And they have done themselves harm because they believed that they were supposed to be pastors. And so they poured money in and into a ministry that God never ordained. I'm trying to help some folk right now. And, and, and because these people are so talented in their gifts that they could help out another ministry. They could be a, a major force in another ministry Minus the title. Minus the title. Real talk. I don't need the title. I, me, I'm talking about me now. I can't talk about nobody else. I don't need the title. I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. I don't, I don't need. So what I'm saying is we, we can get so caught up in I want to be the pastor. I want to be the head. I'm the H-E-N-I-C or whatever, whatever. Did God ordain it? Because if God ordained it, first of all, it was, it was, it, 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 <laughs> my God. See, what God ordains don't get shut down. 
And so we have so many people who are, who are, who are doing this, and then we, we keep pouring money after money after money, and we, we, we sacrificing this. We, 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 we struggling here. And then if you are, if you, then, not, then now your family is at a strain. Come on, Dorothy. Dorothy Gibson said friendship over qualification. Yes. <laughs> we'll take relationship over qualification. Well, I have a good working relationship with the old qualification. We'll do that. And a lot of times you'll do yourself more detriment. This, I'm talking about church or business. Roland Martin, I should have called a man Roland Martin. Lord have mercy. All right, <laughs> I called a man Roland Martin. All right, Tori gonna say, Dana, what is the change that you think would bring people to Christ and into Ebenezer? <laughs> Ebenezer, <laughs> he said Ebenezer. Ebenezer. <sighs> in a simple, in a, in a, in a, uh, in, a, in, a in a simple word, in a simple word. Uh, in a simple word, excellence. That's my that that that'll be it. Excellence. Excellence. In a simple word, excellence. There's too many places now where I can go and get excellence, where I no longer have to settle for mediocrity. Let me say that again. There's too many places that I can get excellence and not have to deal with mediocrity. What are you saying? I'm saying there are too many amazing places I can get steak in the city of Chicago that I ain't got to be bothered with the Ryan's Steakhouse, <laughs> with the Ryan's Buffet, or the Sizzler, or the Ponderosa. I know they're not open no more, but down to the Sizzler or the Ponderosa. Down to the Sizzler or the Ponderosa. What I'm saying is, in everything that you do, excellence in your preaching and your teaching, excellence in your music ministry, excellence in your evangelism, excellence in your Bible study, excellence. And I'm talking about digging more than beyond the surface, getting beyond just trying to get people to shout. I'd rather, I'd rather preach conviction and you, and I'd rather preach and you get convicted and then shout versus just trying to get you to shout. And, 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 and I believe a lot of times right now, young folk, and I'm going to say it like this, young folk, <laughs> hey, Ronnie's was the bomb when you ain't know no better. Come on, Tanya, what you got? You say excellence. Um, yes. Every time, every time you say that, I still, I still, uh, I still see, uh, you know, I still see that. It's showtime. Like, you know, at the, I, I see that. <laughs> That's what I, you see. Literally, like, you know. So I think mm-hmm. what it would take is mm-hmm. um, an unveiling, leaving, um, and and not and not the word transparency. Like you know, find find a new word. Y'all y'all don't word else. But that is but, the word though. But 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 we no literally the to be unveiled to to the raw roots of what of, you know of what and who we are as a church and everything else like that. Sometimes transparency still still gets up like, you know, all right, well, you don't tell all the family business and everything else like that. No, unveil, like, you know, like, we are here, like, you know, and everything else like that. 
because if you unveil, like, you know, just like you just told about the church, you know, being filled to the rafters and everything else, literally, and everything else like that, the new unveiling is look at how sparse we are. You know, look at, look at that and everything else like that. There is a there. I, I, I agree 100 uh, percent. Felicia said these are the times we're living in. The Bible talks about being aware of false prophets and teachers. Yeah. And there's so many. And so people are flocking to the lights, the glitz, the glamour, not the showtime at the Apollo, but they are flocking to that. They are flocking to that. Seriously. Remember back in, you know, back when showtime used to come, you know, yeah. you know, when they had the dancers come out with the yeah. feathers and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and woof, Solid gold, too. You know, and you know, after, <laughs> after, after a while. They stopped having those dancers come out in it, 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 no, it was no longer it was no longer feasible. Right. So yeah. now, so now, like you know, what are you going to do? And I'm I'm not saying find the find, you know find the you know don't don't be like Vegas and always taking down a building and putting up the next the next water and light show and everything else like that. Give a sense of give us like I still say, unveil who you are and everything else like that. Show who show who you are and everything, um, and sometimes sometimes it's a hurting feeling, like you know, like you know, because this place has had a lot of generations in there and everything else like that. But show like you know, um, what happens when everyone leaves home? Yeah, that's my thinking. I don't know. I I uh, uh brother Tory, absolutely, of course. I'm 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 confused by the question. Um. But then, uh, but absolutely, you you have to you have to you have to be excellent even in your even in your con- when I, when I, and when I say excellence, I'm, of course you know I'm talking about when I when I talk about excellence, of course I'm talking about your presentation. But then it also has to be in your habits. Do the little things well. It's the little bitty things that matter. It's the little bitty things that matter. And so we're not asking. My thing is, I don't need you to be great. I don't need you to be great. Consistency matters. That's it right there, Felicia. Consistency matters. You have to be willing to say, at all costs, I am going to make sure that these, they might, that, that these small things are done well. Because doing a lot of things to say that they got done versus doing a few things well is a difference. Because that's the equivalent of taking stuff and throwing it against the wall to see what sticks. Well, I threw a whole pot of spaghetti on the wall. The majority of it is on the floor. But you see them seven strings up there? Man, that looked like something. No. No. What? (laughs) Okay, I get the consistency. And you know, I think we've had this talk before, and you 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 don't want to hope, you don't want to um, believe it. It like they, I say, I still say, they say it takes thirty days for something to become a habit. Yes. When you are not in the church seven days a week and everything, it's going to take thirty Sundays to get everything consistently right. You 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 won't press no change and everything. Who, me? Yeah. Nah. No, no, seriously. Nah. You know, um, this is this is being dead, dead serious, and very, very, very honest with you. What you dead, dead serious, <laughs> very honest with you. What? Because I've said this to you many a times. It's going like you know, if we focus on the one thing, like you know, um, 
I don't care if it's opening the door in the hospital, you know, if we had hospitality, if we kept opening the door the same way, it's going to take 30 Sundays for it to be consistently, consistently right and everything else like that. Then we move on to the next thing that, you know, because it has to be repetitive and everything else like that. A lot of things, a lot of things um, come into like, okay, well, we're going to start doing this and everything. And then it gets dropped by the wayside. It takes that routine to keep it, you know, to keep, you know, to keep getting better and better. What do we see first? A lot of things that we try to change in the church and everything, we don't have that CRS meeting like we used to do. Like, what do you feel like? How did this, how did this go? And how can we make it better? You know, remember that? Where, oh, no, where, I, I, yeah. You get no disagreement from me there. So, so it's, it's going to take 30 Sundays. It's not going to take that moment, you know, any of you all say like, you know, like, well, we're going to turn on the lights on the building like you know every morning it's going to take it's going to make it's going to be one morning where the lights are not going to be on because somebody forgot it's going to you have to have you have to keep doing it over and over and over again till it's embedded and everything else like that it doesn't have to be embedded to the to the point that it becomes um where somebody thinks they're being brainwashed you just it's just that we're doing it consistently like that like you said consistent but you still need to Regardless, you need to give it 30 Sundays to to see the improvement. What's wrong? Nothing. I was looking at your feet. Uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> where them come from? Uh, <laughs> no. What are those? Never wear them with me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, no, here's, here, here, here's the deal. I agree with you about the, it takes a while for things to become a habit or transformational. But you also, it starts with nothing is going to transform if I have the wrong person that I've trusted to to, to make the move. So if I'm not putting people in place to do the thing, because here's the deal, you can have a talent doesn't make you a leader. And the best example of that, the best example of that is the uh, arguably the greatest basketball player, arguably, to ever live, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. You're missing my point. You just don't, don't, you're missing my point. Michael Jeffrey Jordan is a great, the, probably one of the greatest basketball players that I have ever seen. Some of y'all might try to go back to Will Chamberlain and all that. That's wonderful. Oscar Robinson, I don't know nothing about them. I'm somebody that I have ever seen. But Michael Jordan, as a owner of a team in a leadership position where you're picking the talent, has not been great. He has not been great at picking the talent. He has not been great at providing good leadership, getting good coaches to put in place, getting good assisting. He has not been great at that. So that's what I mean. You can have all the talent in the world as an individual. It does not make you a good leader. You have to put people, you have to strategically put people in place. You could be a great musician, but you're not, but you're not, you're not, you're not great in leading the music ministry. You could be a great janitor. But that doesn't make that doesn't mean you should run facilities. You understand what I'm saying? So it, you 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 get you get what I'm saying. So it's not about. I, I hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is when I talk about excellence, excellence starts from how you put people in place to to do so that so because the pastor can't do everything. 
The pastor can't come down here. He can, but he should not have to. Let me put it that way. It's not the pastor's job to go out and grab all the people on the street. That, that, that There is a team. There needs to be a team in place. You have to have the right people in place to move. Let me get to this, This because uh, uh, we, we've been talking about this for a long time. I don't think we'll be able to get to the, through this article at this point. Uh, but I want to read some of the article. I want to read some of the article. This, let me read a little bit of the article, and then we're going to move on. I'll still do y'all comments. Uh, Angela says, change of habits, change your moves, change how you perceive a thing, change since change. Yeah. The writer says, he says, I've heard it several times this week already from different sources. One of the tensions many of us wrestle with as leaders who are trying to help your church change happens when people tell us, I want our church to grow. I just don't want it to change. Every time I hear that, he says, my brain says, ugh. As much as I think that's a dumb reality to live in, it's the reality so many of us face in leadership. How do you respond when people want a church or organization to grow but don't want to change? Brother Brother Tori said, are you able to give what God has put into your heart without holding back? <clears throat> Let me say it like this, uh, Brother Tori. I say what I want to say on here. <laughs> there is a hierarchy, and it shouldn't be, but there is. And I have to, and I have to, I have to be mindful of that, and my mentors have told me that. There are certain messages that as an associate, assistant, whatever title they, you choose to play with, that I am not graced to preach. Let me say that again. There are certain messages that I have that will remain where they are because I am not graced to preach them. What are you saying? <clears throat> Some messages need to come from the head of whatever, whether it be the head of the church or the Hagen organization. I'll say it like this. At my school, I am not in charge. There are certain things that need to be said by people, but they don't say them. And it's not my place to say them. Right? So I have to, so I have to, I have to be mindful. I have to be mindful of, of those things. So uh, 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 keep keep that keep that in mind. Uh, uh, let me let me let me let me let me let me keep going. Let me keep going. Uh, oh, computer. All right. So 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 the writer says this. He says, "Here, eat this bacon cheeseburger." Let me go ahead. He says, "The problem you and your organization are facing is a challenge a lot of us experience in life. It's wanting to grow but not really change. Actually, like saying, I want to lose weight." but I really want a bacon cheeseburger. That, that's a good fact. Dorothy said that does, I'm, I'm assuming Dorothy said it don't make sense if it's in the word. Let me, let me, let me tell you why, Dorothy. Because there is a fine line, you, you, and, 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 I, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, and this is just Dana. Let me put, put this claim up. I don't know. But this is just me. And I, I already know. I already know what, brother, I knew, brother, you try, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this, but here, here is the situation, and this is the difference between being in an organized church versus where you go. This is the difference of being in an organized church with, 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 with different structures and hierarchies, so it's a different situation. Dorothy, let me, let, me, let me explain to you like this. I have been in situations 
Dorothy. I'm talking to Dorothy. I've been in situations where where I have preached what God gave me to preach, and there has been some negativity that has come back from people in quote-unquote authority who have made claims that I was trying to take over sometime. You know this better than anybody. They, oh, he trying to take over, or he don't get to say, he don't, uh, uh, why is he saying that? Why is it not coming from the pastor? Or why is this being said? Or why is that being said? You, you, you get this because people are, so you have to work within the realm that you're given when you're dealing with Baptist churches, especially traditional Baptist churches. Now, if I was just a guest preacher who was going around preaching in different churches, I can say what I want to say because guess what? They ain't got to ever invite me back. <laughs> That's why when I've been to other people's churches, I, 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 you, you, might, you might get something different if you see me preach at somebody else's church. <laughs> you might get something different. And then messages are always different because God is going to give you, back to, get to, to answer R.A. Torrey's question and Dorothy's question, God is going to give you the message for those people at that time. Because if it was up to me to preach, if it was up to me to preach, then if it was up to me to preach, then, then it, you know, if I preach what I wanted to preach, that's a different conversation. Then, then I'll be getting myself in trouble with God then it would be coming more from me than it would be from him. Right. See, with the Celeste boy, you got it right. Because, see, I can say, right, I'm, I, I, I can give it all because they ain't got to invite me back. See, I got to come, <laughs> you know. And, yes, I guess I could be bold and say that and say, you know what, I'm just going to preach it out, you know. And don't get me wrong. There's been plenty of times I've had a message and I'm in the pulpit and I'm delivering the thing and God will say, man, look here, go ahead and say this right here. <laughs> go ahead and say this. Uh, 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 so yeah, I, 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 I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that you have to be, you have to be careful. Uh, there, there, there is a, there is a thin line, uh, that you, that you have, that you have to make sure you're careful with. Um, yeah, yeah, that you have to be careful with. Uh, he says, we are very nice church. We are an organization that has churches around the world. I, 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 I hear what you're saying, Brother Tory. What I'm saying is I don't believe you all have the hierarchy or red tape issues or ego issues that Baptist churches have. Let me put it that way. Let me put it that way. What, you you going to say something? Oh, okay. Let me get to a little bit more of this. Uh, the, I like this example about I want to lose weight, but I want to eat a cheeseburger. That's literally what we're talking about. You want your church to grow, but you don't want to put it in the work. You don't want to change your habit, your eating habits. You don't want to change the, your sugar intake. You want these things. You want them pounds to fall off, but you still want that cherry Pepsi. Or two. Or three if it's good to you. <laughs> Come on. You, you, and Angela, I'm sure Angela knows this. There's certain things, watch this, and Angela might, Angela might say it, she might not, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm going to assume. When, 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 when Greater Love, Greater Works Church was up and running, I'm sure there were certain messages that would, would have been received different from Rob versus from her. Because 
and, and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. And this ain't this ain't Jerusalem. This ain't I'm on the I'm on the road traveling by camel going to and fro preaching to the to the law. Because nine times out of ten, I'm not preaching to the lost. I'm preaching to folk that already know Jesus. Now, yes, you ought to be able to you ought to be able to tend to your watch this. I mean, let me say it the other way too. As an associate, as an associate minister, as an associate minister, these are not my sheep. Ah, I'm gonna get a little. I ain't gonna hear. You got to be. These ain't my sheep. These are not my sheep. God didn't give me. God didn't give me the sheep. Right. I I I I I am here under the leadership of whoever the shepherd is. The shepherd makes the rules. Right now, don't get me wrong. Past the person. Let me let me be real clear. Has never watched this has never handcuffed me. Let me be real clear about that. He has never handcuffed me. He has never said, no, don't, you know, I, you, you shouldn't have said. He's never handcuffed me in the pulpit. Let me be real clear about that. But I've been around this thing long enough to know <laughs> how the ever comma. I've been around this long enough to know. Right? Uh, all right, towards the day, what would you say? Uh, what you would say that you don't say because of the positive of the church? Give us an example. <laughs> <You're> t- <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. That- <laughs> he said, "Give us, give us an example." <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Played that in a while. <laughs> I had to find it. Uh, uh, the kind of says a change can happen if no one rattles the cage. <laughs> oh, look at these people! <laughs> if Tom, huh? don't 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 go for the great send off mission. <laughs> a change can't happen if no one rattles the cage, and honestly, the church as a, uh, as a whole needs a change. A lot of churches do. That's those, those are facts. Those are facts. Let me go a little bit further. Uh, it, it's almost never just take this diet pill and you'll magically lose 50 pounds while you're eating cupcakes. Yet most of us want to believe we can take a pill, eat a cheeseburger and cupcakes, or Tanya, like you said earlier, go have a weight loss surgery <laughs> and keep eating what you want. <laughs> a good personal trainer's advice is always some variation of eat smaller portions, eat healthy foods, exercise, and make sure your calorie input is less than your calorie output. So there you go. But let's, let's go through some of this. He said, don't be scared. I ain't never scared, but wisdom is it. But this, this, this gray head, don't be fooled. It ain't just gray because I'm 52. There is some wisdom in it. Huh? Right. There's, this, this, this gray hair is from wisdom and, and church trauma and all of that. So don't, don't get me wrong. I understand. Let me jump into this. I feel like I want to do this now. Six things you can do to help your church change. Six things you can do to help your church change. Let me just jump in this real quick. As a leader, don't try to navigate a change in a congregational meeting. Ah. Oh, here we go. Regina says, how about treat everyone with kindness even when you're not in the space of the officials of the church? Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good one, Regina. It's how you treat people when it ain't Sunday morning. 
When I talk about excellence, that's what matters. At my school, we use a term called integrity. That's one of our pillar, uh, one of our uh, uh, what's thing called points of Polaris. Integrity is one of them. And integrity is not what you do when I'm watching. It's what you do when I'm not. How you treat people when it ain't the anniversary. Because, see, everybody is nice to everybody when it's the anniversary. Oh, hallelujah, praise Jesus. How did you act the following week? Mm. So the writer says this. 50 people or 500 people won't agree on anything, and they would certainly never agree on anything courageous. Uh, But sit down with your real leadership team, your board, your key staff, or even a new group you form for the purpose and start the conversation. As you lead that conversation, here are six things you can do to tackle the challenge of leading a group that that wants to grow but doesn't want to change. Tying this goes back to the first thing you said. Let me say it like Will Smith said, in that uh, concussion movie. Tell the truth. (laughs) Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. The writer says this, usually we hire trainers, coaches, counselors, and consultants to tell us the truth we can't see or often already know but won't face. That's my job and your job as the leader of an organization. We need to help people see the truth. So what's the truth about wanting to grow but not wanting to change? It's quite simple. Your patterns, habits, and levels of effectiveness as a church got you to where you are now. I get nervous when I hear fire trucks and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but you know. (laughs) So the writer says this. Your patterns, habits, and levels of effectiveness as a church got you to where you are now. Let me read that again. Your patterns, habits, levels of effectiveness as a church, got you to where you are now. This is going to be a good Bible study. I'm going to use this. It's going to be a good Bible study. Uh, If you want your current level of effectiveness, keep doing what you're doing right now. If you don't want your current level of effectiveness, change. It actually isn't much more complicated than that. Sometimes great leadership is simply about pointing out the truth that nobody else wants to talk about. You need to do this in love, but often our desire to be loving kills our needs to be truthful. And as a leader, help people see the truth. Can I use this for an example? Let's say you got a janitor. No, no. Let's say, let's say, let's say, I'm talking about the Juniper Tree Church, right? And you got a janitor who is older and tired and you can and and it's obvious it's obvious that he or she is no longer capable of doing the work that needs to be done but because you know them you 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 settle for or put up with the now poor performance they were great at their heyday i i and that way i want y'all to be clear cuz i ain't talking about somebody that's been lazy the whole time i'm talking about having a janitor that was great at their heyday but now they've gotten to a place where they can no longer perform their duties as needed 
but yet you keep putting them up on display to do the duties, even though they cannot perform them. They can't mop the way they used to mop. They can no longer climb the ladder to wash the windows. They can no longer do this or do that. But you keep them because you don't want to hurt their feelings. When truth be told, maybe you should have an honest conversation and say, we appreciate your dedication. But where we are now and what we're trying to do now, based off what you're showing me, you're not capable of doing. See, that's, a, see, that's, my, that's the corporate part of me. I can have that conversation. I, I appreciate my corporate training. I can have that conversation with you. You were a great salesperson from 2000 to 2010, but your sales numbers have dropped and your department is failing. And I appreciate everything you've done, but we need to move in a different direction of, of leadership in this area. I appreciate what you've done. And, and your record speaks for itself in the 10 years that you've been doing what you're doing. But in the last few, there's a problem. And, and in order for our organization to continue to move forward, we need to make a change here. Now, watch this. I'm not saying that you can't still be a part of what we do. But in this role, you have become ineffective. That's a real conversation. And that's not me hurting anybody's feelings. That's just me telling the truth. And I'm doing it in love because what I could do is be like, you know what? You suck at your job. Have a seat. See, now that's out of, that, ain't, that ain't, ain't no love in that. But I still will be telling the truth. I could say you're the worst janitor ever. You're, you, 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 you're dismissed. But instead, if you still want to help in some areas, but we're going to get somebody else to do the real job. I need to get somebody else in here because truth be told, I'm pouring good money after bad. Dorothy says decision has to be made, but there's a way it has to be done. Ask, absolutely, Dorothy. I agree with you 100%. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So, so after you help the people see the truth, the next thing you got to do is plot the trajectory. Plot the trajectory. The writer says this, learning how to plot trajectory is one of the best skills a leader can bring to the table. Plotting trajectory is simply mapping out the probable course or path an organization, person, or object is on. This is critical because usually when it comes to people and organizations, we're not sure where we're headed. To plot trajectory, ask two questions. Y'all ready for this? Ask two questions. Here's the first one. If we continue doing what we're doing today, where will we be one year, two years, and five years from now? That's the first question. Second question says, if we change X, where will we be one year, two years, and five years from now? Sure, you don't know for sure where you end up, but if you start asking the questions, you'll be amazed at what you discover. Try it. I love this. I love this. I love this. You got to have a, tra- a trajectory simply means, so, so I've never been in the Army, but, I, 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 but I, I played a lot of, I like Army games, and I was a big fan of G.I. Joe. Y'all can say, what they got to do with anything? When you, when you are aiming a missile or a weapon at another, at the enemy, you have to know its trajectory. Okay, y'all get, come on now, trajectory. You got to know where it's going. You got to know 
the, 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 the course it's taking. You got to know what it may encounter on the way. You got to know all of those things. And then you got to know what the possible outcome will be when it hits its target. All of those things are about trajectory. I'm going to get, I, I feel real good about this. So, 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 so watch this. People need to know a general direction. And, and then so when the, when the writer asked the question, if we keep doing what we're doing today, where will we be in one year? Now, here's the thing, because the next one, number three is gone, is gone but I got to stick with number two. You got to look for honest answers. You got to look for honest answers. If, if you say, if we continue doing what we're doing today, where will we be one year, two years, five years from now? Because some people will have that conversation and be like, oh, we'll be, we'll be just fine. And you know why they'll say that? Because you're still open. Because you, ain't nobody closed up your doors. Your lights are still on. Your gas is still on. Your water is still on. That doesn't mean you're doing well. That just means you're paying your bills. That doesn't mean you're doing well. It just means you're paying the bills. And then that second question, if we change X, where would we? If you make one change, what would happen? If you made one tweak, what would happen? One year, two years, five years from now. That's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Brother Tori says, invite me to Bible study. <laughs> then he said, how about do what to God be the glory pitch said in 2 Timothy 4 and 2? Did I miss that? Did I miss your comment? I probably did. I've been running through this. Uh, yeah, I sure did miss it. But let me get that real quick. In 2 Timothy uh, 4 and 2. Right, you're not being honest to the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. 2 Timothy 4 and 2. 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Let me get that. 2 Timothy 4 and 2 simply says, this is a good word right here. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Careful instruction. Come on now. That's good. Let's go to number three. Number three. Tanya, you ready? Number three says, ban delusional talk. Ooh, ban is a harsh word. Ban delusional talk. Ban delusional talk. This is what the writer says. The writer says, those of us who resist change are often delusional. (laughs) My God. The writer says, I can continue to be rude to my spouse and our marriage will get better. I can slack off at work and get a better performance review. I can get abs of steel in the workout that lasts 60 seconds. Most of us become crazy people when we're fighting change. As a leader, Ban delusional talk around your table. Call it out. In love, let people see how crazy their thinking really is. The writer says, I understand you think your program is amazing. Oh, Lord, I didn't write this sheet. <laughs> let me read this again. This is what the writer says. I understand. <laughs> you think your program is amazing, but it has an attendance of three. That's what the writer said. Don't get me. What are we going to do about that? I know you love Southern gospel music, but most of the teens we, we want to reach don't. I'm just reading the article, y'all. Don't get it. I'm reading the article I had to put up into the screen. 
I'm just reading the article. I'm just reading the article, I promise. Wait a minute. Let me keep going. I realize your love, you love our organization just the way it is. But the average age of our attenders is 65. I promise you I'm just reading the article. You might want to put the disclaimer. Put the disclaimer back. <laughs> I'm going to put the link up here too. Right, let me get the link. Let me grab the link. Because I want to. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's a good question. Regina says, we were asked that a couple of weeks ago by, from that preacher. Why are you offended? That was at the anniversary, wasn't it? Ain't that what he preached? My God today, why are you offended? Let me put the link up uh, for this article for today. Here it is right here. I don't want no smoke. I don't want no smoke. I do want all the smoke, though. But let me put this up here. There's the link for this article I'm reading. Let's keep going. The writer says this. He says, I know you think a new building will solve all our problems. Go to pain. But why can't we solve them in the current half-empty facility that we have? Oh, Lord. Don't let your leaders be delusional. Can we talk real? I, that's all I know how to do. Can, can I be Frank or Franklin, whichever one you want? Let me help y'all. You cannot, you will not grow in any significant way if you believe What you're doing currently is working. Can I read this again? And I'm just reading the article. The article is written by Carrie Neewolf. Carrie Neewolf is, 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 y'all, you can say what you want. You can say that white man don't know nothing about my church or none of that kind of stuff. You can, you can, you can take that route if you want to. But this guy is, 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 is a big time uh, he's a pastor of, of an amazing church. He has been writing about church improvement for years. Years. So he's writing based off his experiences, based off what he knows works and does not work. And if you think doing what you're doing, can I read it again? I understand your program. You think your program is amazing. But it has an attendance of three. What are we going to do about that? I know you love Southern Gospel music. But most of the teams we, re- we want to reach don't. I realize you love your, our organization just the way it is. But the average age of our attendance is 65. I know you think the new, a new building will solve our problems. But why can't we solve them in our current half-empty facilities? That's delusional. You think that doing the same stuff that's like saying we're going to sell chicken dinners because chicken dinners going to get us through again. Chicken dinners worked in the 60s and 70s because you had a whole lot of folk to sell chicken dinners to. Huh? Is that what we got to do? <laughs> my, my, my. My, my, my. This, 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 this is good. You got to end all of this delusional speculation and talk. You got to. It does, it, does, it does the body no good. It does, it, you're not, God is not glorified in that. Could you imagine, could you imagine Jesus with the disciples and Jesus, here Jesus comes preaching this, this gospel and, and the disciples go, well, man, Moses, that ain't the way Moses did it. <laughs> we need to do it like Moses did. Because Moses stood over there 
and 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 Moses went to war with the people. <clears throat> Moses, you know, Joshua marched around Jericho, and they did all this, and they had this battle, and and then they went over here, and they fought over here. They fought at Gilgad, and they they fought at uh, 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 at this place over here, and they fought over here. Jesus said, "No, no, no, we 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 we, I I, I I'm doing this differently. It's still God, but I'm gonna do it differently." You can't have folks around you that's delusional. Let's keep going. Number four. Number four. Oh, God. Number four. Number four says, get an outside view. Uh-oh. Get an outside view. You know, I love being outside. Get an outside view. Here we go. Y'all ready? Familiarity. What? <laughs> Familiarity. There it is. Get an outside view. Familiarity breeds contempt and distorts perspective. If your team doesn't immediately respond healthily to a call for change, you might be ripe for an outside voice to help you arrive at a new place. This would be a perfect time to read a book together, attend a conference. Best yet, hire a consultant. If the future is at stake, it's not a bad investment to spend the money on an outside perspective. Come on. Come on. Woo, Sister Pitt says, well, true be going without God does not work. You'll have to read and study and pray. Matthew 13. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Let's get there. Matthew 13, 3 through 15. Let me get a little bit of that. I ain't going to be able to read it all, but let me get a little bit. Let me get a little bit. Let me get a little bit. Let me get let me get a little bit of that. A little bit of that. It says, it says, come on, man. Anybody got time for you? Acting crazy, computer. Let's go. It says, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sword went forth to sow. Oh, yeah, that's good. And he went and sowed some seeds. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell by stony places where, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, but they had no deepness of earth, no roots. Yeah. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, and they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred and some sixty, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears, let him hear. Yeah, that's good. You, let me say this. You have got to be willing to listen to some people. Who are, now watch this. Everybody on the outside ain't got your best interest at heart. Let me be clear. Because some outsiders just want the opportunity to shine. They don't care about whether or not you all are successful. Some people have a heart to want to make sure that God is glorified and people are edified as well. Some people just want to be on the program. They just want a microphone because they weren't allowed to sing where they was or preach where they was. But now you didn't get it on the floor. They want to be able to do it every week over here. Okay, all right. Let me, let me, huh? Let me, let me read the, the, the comment. Regina says, period. Yeah. She said, you've been the head of the lookout window committee since inception. And now when somebody brings a new idea, you get mad or feel some type of way. <laughs> These are facts. These are facts. These are facts. And, and, and again, it's not an indictment. It's a harsh truth 
that you have to be willing to say, okay, now what? The problem is we can't get past the truth conversation because now my feelings are hurt. And see, here's the deal. If your family can't tell you the truth, to the end of the day, we church family. I'd rather hear from my church family because when the outsider, because here's the deal. Church consultants, church consultants make a lot of money. You pay them 15, two grand. You know, we paid, we paid, uh, watch this. We paid somebody to come over here and give us a, a, uh, uh, um, a, have a music workshop. Paid good money to have them come to a music workshop. Paid good money. We, we, we had lunches and everything. Did we use what we were given? Have we put into act anything we were given? That's just, a, that's just a general question. It's not an indictment. It's a question. Someone gives you a playbook on the best way to do things and the best way to maximize what you have, and you get the playbook and then take it and put it in the, in the, in, in, in the file somewhere. Let's keep going. Number five, number five, number five, number five. Offer constant feedback. Offer constant feedback. Offer constant feedback. The writer says this. As you move through these conversations, keep people honest. It will be hard, but you need to do this. Continue to point the group back to the truth, honestly, gracefully, but truthfully. Just keep snapping people back to reality. He says, I say this because it will require a Herculean effort to ensure you don't end up hoping for a diet pill and a cupcake solution. There is probably little gain without significant pain. It hurts when you're putting your body through changes. Like I know when, when school is out, me and the better half, we hitting the gym. We're going to do this detox, and then we're getting back at it. She's going to replace my stuff that got stuff. But we're getting back at it. <laughs> my gloves and stuff. But we <laughs> she's saying, what stuff? But we getting back at it. And it's going to be painful because we was doing real good at the gym. And then we stopped. Because <laughs> school started back. I wasn't going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. To go to the gym. That just wasn't going to happen. But we going we we going hard. We got a plan. We going hard because we got some stuff to, to we got some weight to get y'all back. <laughs> I need to get some of y'all back. Some of y'all left y'all weight over here, <laughs> and I politely picked it on up. But I need y'all to come back and get it. <laughs> but but it but it hurts to make changes. It hurts to make these necessary sacrifices. But as I said y'all a long time ago, don't worry about what you're going through now because it's a temporary inconvenience for a permanent solution. Yes, you're going to be a little offended. Yes, you're going to be a little mad. But it's a temporary inconvenience for a permanent solution. You're right, Regina. You're right. Because otherwise, it's going to be more of the same. I remember Barack Obama got got in trouble because some people tried to say he was being feministic. He was being a feminist or something, not a feminist. He was being chauvinistic. 
when he made the comment about putting lipstick on the pig. Because he said, you put lipstick on the pig, it's still a pig. <laughs> it ain't going to be no cleaner. It ain't going to be no... Uh... Dorothy said, no. Most of the teaching in the workshop went in one year and came out the other. Oh. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but she's right. Watch this. Watch this. The pig is still the pig. It's still the filthy animal it is. You just put some good makeup on it. You can go get the best MAC makeup, you whatever they're making, and put it on that pig. You can put him in the you can put him in a bathtub and get him as clean as you want. But the minute you let him go, where he going? Right back to the mud and the slop. Cause that what he that's all he knows. And until you change his environment, his habits will not change because that's who he is. You have to be willing to make a, the shift to the point where this environment no longer even exists. The environment for laziness and mediocrity no longer exists. Once you create that environment and you say it's no longer acceptable and you hold people to that standard, yes, it might take 30 days for the entire thing to change, 30 Sundays. But guess what? My leaders in place, can I say it like I feel it? Hell no, you don't get 30 days. We're, we're dying waiting on you to do, just follow directions. We don't have time for you. When you're, watch this, it's an emergency. I preached it. It's an emergency. The sign is on. The thing is beeping. We are in, we are in a, a cardiac arrest. The defibrillator is out. It says charge. And I have to apply the paddles. I ain't got time to walk you through it again telling you to turn it to this, turn it to that. Guess what? If you can't handle it, go sit over there. Get me somebody that can. People, people are, are, the city we live in is going to hell. All around us is going to hell. While we're trying to figure out what color this is going to be, why they get them to paint, why, who are these people, how come he ain't cleaning up no more? Foolishness. I don't like the way she talked to me. I don't like the way he talked to me. All, while we having all them conversations, ain't no souls being brought to Christ. Ain't no souls being brought to Christ. Ain't no evangelism, no mission going forward. Why are we having all these conversations? I don't like the way she talked to me. She, 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 <laughs> she don't know who she's talking to. He don't know who he's talking to. Both of y'all go sit down over here, and y'all keep talking. And when you, while y'all over here trying to figure it out, God going to use me to work it out with somebody else. Huh? Don't get no help. Let me... <laughs> You, you, you got to continue feedback, constant feedback. Let's get to the last one, y'all. Last one. I didn't say she's dead. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> she, what? Number six. <laughs> Number six says, uh, again, we're talking about, of course, our subject is, of course, we want our church to grow. We just don't want to change. The last one says this, draw a line, oh God, yeah. Tanya, and call it for what it is. Draw a line, 
and call it for what it is. Huh? Let me say it again for somebody sitting in the balcony. Draw a line. Huh? Nothing. Draw a line and call it for what it is. The writer says this. He says, at some point, you have to stop talking and start doing. My God. Huh? The writer says this. Here's my suggestion to help your church change. If you've been in an honest dialogue, honest dialogue, for at least a year, and they're not making progress, that is, you haven't made a plan for a change you're ready to act on, you have come to a moment of truth. At some point, you just need to tell everyone where you have landed. So our plan for change is to implement X, Y, and Z by this date. Let's do it. Or, so essentially, we have decided that we will not grow. We are content with the status quo. We will not change. And we will live with the consequences of stagnation, decline, and decay. Guess what? 99% of leaders will never utter the second statement. And that's why they're stuck. And that's why they're perpetually frustrated. But that second statement is exactly what you need to say if that's your reality. And then are you ready? You need to decide whether you want to lead that organization. This isn't easy at all, but I do think it will help leaders who feel stuck leading an organization that says it wants to grow but does not want to change. That's it. That's it. You got to draw a line. You got to say, as of this date, this is no longer acceptable. As of this date, this is the plan going forward. On this date, this starts, and this is what we're doing going forward. Everything we've done, we appreciate that. This is what we're doing going forward. Because what we're doing now ain't working. There's a difference between loving on people and being too lenient. There's a difference between loving on people and being too lenient. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. You got to be able to uh, 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 recognize that you are that there is a vision and that vision once it's made clear there has to be parameters that are set up because we never want to go back to a place oh god we never want to turn around and go back to a place foundation is great but i don't want to have to tear the whole house down to get back to the foundation because we keep getting up to the first floor and, 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 and cutting corners. So every time we get to the second floor, everything starts shaking because the first floor was never done right. So what we're going to do is this time, this is how we doing it. We're going to make sure that all the beams are where they're supposed to be. All the joints and struts are where they're supposed to be. So this way, when we go to the next level, we are good. 
We cannot. And I don't care what you're talking about, church, business, or whatever. It does not matter. We cannot continue on that path. You got it. You got, you got to. Yeah, you got to. You have to. T- to Regina, I agree. Tear it down, bare minimum. Here is everything that we do well. Right? Here, here is everything that we do well. Here is everything that's not functioning. Now, what of this not functioning pile, is there any room to save? Is it dead, sick, or dying? Sick can be fixed. Sick can be fixed, possibly. Dying is dying. Dead, bury it. Dying, move it over, let it die. Broken can be fixed. Let's do what we can. Let's repair. Dying and dead, bury, plan a funeral. Plan a funeral, bury. Broken, let's repair. If it fits the new vision. Problem is we want to repair everything. We, 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 and the stuff that's dead. I think I think we can revive it. When was the last time it was up? Oh, uh, 74. <laughs> uh, Brother Tori said, Dane, to be a minister means to be a servant, to serve God and the people. It starts with the minister. The church is outside, not in the building. Do the work of the evangelist. Make proof of that service to God. Yeah, absolutely, Brother Tori. No argument here. No argument here. This is good. I like this. This is, this is, this is good. Um, this is a good Bible study article, even though, even though it does not, you can, I could, I was simply just, I, 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 I thought of several scriptures you could add to this uh, for Bible study material, but this is good. This is good. Jaconda, absolutely, you have to identify the problem first. First, you have to, you, first of all, Jaconda, you have to admit that there is one. Not just identify, admit that there is one. And the problem is a lot of people don't want to admit in, in a lot of situations, that there is a problem. And then you know what happens, too? When, 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 a, when a catastrophe hits or a business closed and people go, well, I didn't know nothing was there. Why they closed? I didn't even know nothing was wrong. Ain't nobody said nothing to me. But the, fact, but the, the 20 seats on both sides of you have been empty for 10 years. 20 seats on either side of you have been empty for 10 years. And you're going to say, I didn't know. I didn't think stuff was that bad. <laughs> Every time you go to the restaurant, ain't nobody in there but you and the owner. And then you mad. Well, wonder why they closed up. What you mean? <laughs> what you mean you want to know why they closed up? Ain't nobody in there but you. <laughs> well, I go there all the time. They was always open. Yeah. Who else was in there? Did they did they make any changes for the times, or were they still trying to play the role? Think about think about think about this, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pray out and go home. Tanya, you ever been to Lowry's Steakhouse? You never went to Lowry's, right? Lowry's Prime Lowry's Prime Rib used to be downtown. Yeah. So Lori's, Lori's, you know, people that make uh, Larry season salt or Larry's, as my grandma, my great grandma say Larry. 
I wish I would have had like a video. Like I wish uh, uh, smartphones would have been out. Like if I could go back in the past, I would take my phone and record all of my great grandma's greatest hits. <laughs> but she would no. I'm just saying so I can have them today. But my great grandma would tab words all the time. But she would call Larry season saw Larry's. But La- Laurie's, I was going to say Larry's, Laurie's had a restaurant in the city of Chicago called Laurie's Prime Rib. Laurie's Prime Rib was a, uh, a Chicago staple steakhouse. It had this old school Chicago wood everywhere. You could smoke sick. It was old school. It had a cigar bar. You know, had that old wood furnished feel, uh, all of that. Tanya, share my screen. Uh, old school furnished feel, everything. Right. This is if y'all if y'all y'all can see this these these pictures. Uh, whatever. Yeah, when she you got it. Okay, so that that's Laurie's that's Laurie's Steakhouse, right? So I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying to teach something. I'm gonna get out of here. That's Laurie's Steakhouse. Laurie's Prime Rib was the name of the place. Laurie's Prime Rib, right? It was on Ontario. I think it was like 100 East Ontario. So that's the steakhouse. Y'all see that, right? So those are the tables, those old wood grain leather chairs with the, the beads going around them. This is what they looked like when they closed. They still look like this, right? Now, some of y'all might say it looked fine to me, whatever. Okay, but you see the old brass everything, candlelit, this, that, all that kind of stuff. Some people might say, you know, all that. Got it. All right, right? Food. They still serve steak. I'm just changing the pictures. They still serve steak. Prime rib, right? Prime rib. That was their deal. They still serving the steak. The food was still good. Food was still good. That's the outside location, right? Still look good. This is the stairway. All this stuff here. This was the stairwell to the upstairs spot. This was the old school bar. All that stuff, right? That's it on the outside. That's what it looked like at night. That's the little salad. They used to spin a salad in this cold bowl called spin, a spinning salad or something like that, right? That, that was the place. I'm trying to find one of the uh, – this is one of the people that served the food. When he served food, they had this – they brought this hot oven on where they, they cooked the prime rib, and they brought it out to your table, and this is how they served it. Okay, great. This was their, this was their thing. Here's the problem. They never made an attempt to do anything to garner new customers. They never did anything to garner new customers. So everything was still about the way they had been doing things for years. They continued to do everything that they were doing for years. And they just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. All they, all they, all they carvers look like my man right here. Y'all see my man? All they carvers look like my man. That's who they brought out. Everybody looks just like him. That's what they did. They served the same. They never did anything to change the menu. You can be a steakhouse, but you can make some additions. All I'm saying is this: you can. We gonna always preach the word of God, church. We're going to always preach the word of God. That's what we're going to always do. But this is what? 70 years. This, is, this, this, this picture right here is the nutshell for most churches. 
Watch this. Watch this. She's like, Regina, you just said it all. Place to be back in the day. Close today, 2022. Look at this picture. I'm telling you, see that picture? Greatest hits, right? They closed today. <laughs> huh? And you never got to go. You heard about it. You really didn't? And that's, and that, and that's unfortunate. Now, I know you wasn't a big steakhouse person anyway. Yeah, but, you know, I'm this. The steakhouse do, but you never, you never even really heard of them. That's unfortunate. That's why they went out of business, Dorothy. Yeah, they never made any changes, and so all of these new steakhouses showed up: STK, Mastros, RPM Steak. Uh, uh, uh who the mother people we done been to that got all our money? All these people. And <laughs> mouth, who want me start in alphabetical order? <laughs> Prime and provision. Prime and provision. Three forks. What's these other places? Oh, oh yeah, we went to three forks. You go to three forks? Yeah. Okay, I forgot. Uh huh. Uh. Z four fifty one. Z All of these new places. Watch this. They all do what? They all sell steak. They all have prime rib. But what they do? The presentation, the atmosphere, the place and space is different. Now there's still some old school steakhouses. That place we went to on um Chop is the Chop House? Chicago the Chicago yeah. Chop House. Yeah. Old school feel. Very good though. Very good though. Service was great. Yes. They, so you at, at, but the music was new. They were playing newer music. They were playing newer music, yeah. So the, again, the atmosphere, it's a still they still have their old appeal, but they recognize, you know what, we're gonna stay open. We gotta make some changes. That's all I'm saying, church. I'm not saying we, we ain't going to change the gospel. The gospel, we go, look, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your father, you've gone away from my ordinances that have not kept them. <laughs> return unto me, and I'll return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet he hath robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, so that it's... 